I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik, Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Lazia, back with us here in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Got another banger for you guys in the hopper. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating, and check us out live here on DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+. Plus and more uh we've got carlos boozer stopping by former nba veteran former duke legend got a new book dropping out to tell us about here some great stories from his childhood got a chance to chop it up with him in a little bit before we've also got today dad bringing back an oldie but goodie here i make no bones i stole this directly from yeah. your time on mike and mike here firing up the grill for some hashtag grill golics we got great mailbag questions from everybody today you know, uh, Mike and Mike has been been over for a while now, so I think are, are we past the intellectual property? Can we start stealing more things from that show? Maybe we'll maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll get a Bob Picozzi, did you nosy uh, in oh. there as well? I yeah, mean, we I, I, we we get we got some roads we can go down with that because I think we're we're past that time we can start using it. I have no idea. Hell, I'm just why, making that up? Why don't we just rename the show Mike and Mike? <laughs> well, we need two months. We heard that from enough people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, about it. <laughs> and listen, it, 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 it is technically yours, so it's not really stealing. It's inside a house that you bought and lived in. So Boom. we can rock with all that. We'll get to those. We appreciate everybody. Echo Joe and Golik on Twitter who sent us some questions that way as well. So looking forward to getting to plenty of those, Dad. And uh Looking forward to, unfortunately, now, uh, after yesterday, we talked about the excitement for postseason baseball in the wild card round, and it's gone. We went wild card sweeps across the board. And so, as Everson pointed out before the show, y'all going to have to sit here and like this Bears and Commanders <laughs> Thursday night game and eat your vegetables because baseball is not going to come and save you today. Yeah, I was, man, I was somewhat 
uh, made all four games. You got a lot of baseball in the last couple of games. I never saw the full attendance in Tampa Bay. I know game one was 19,000. I don't know what game two was uh, there at all. Uh, it seemed the only real, if you want to call it controversy or, or moment, because you know the games, Texas that beat Tampa pretty good, 7-1, Arizona 5-2 over uh, Milwaukee, Philly 7-1 over Miami, but Minnesota 2-1 over Toronto. Jose uh, Barrios was pitching extremely well <laughs> in his game. Shut out in three innings, threw 47 pitches, walked the first batter in the fourth inning and got pulled. I mean, John Snyder was had basically the manager said, you know, we're we were ready to use all our pitchers and, and do what we needed to do to get the win. And you pull a guy who was throwing pretty damn well and just 47 pitches in. And what happened when they pulled him out in the fourth inning? Minnesota, Minnesota scored both their runs and they won two to nothing. So that's the, going to be the a lot of the talk of those who are going to talk a lot of baseball today of of second guessing and they were even saying first guessing at the time of why why that move happened. But uh, onward we go to the DSs in both leagues now. Yep, trying time to throw some Ds on that thing and Whoa. get on to the next round. Yeah, listen, we got close, but okay. we didn't get there all the way. Uh, instead, Dad, what we've got to look forward to, and we've talked about the quarter mark of the NFL season, everything that's coming up here. There's a lot of interesting potential bubbling up in the league right now. We're at that point where there's going to be a few teams that pull out of the tailspin that they're in, and there's a few teams that have emerged onto the stage, and some of them are going to get the cavalry back. And we got some really interesting injury news of players potentially coming back and trying to make their debut this week. And while I want to ask you about the most important player returning from injury this week, because I actually think it's a pretty, pretty clear answer, but it's by no means the most interesting answer at this point because we've got Jonathan Taylor back in the building right now for the Indianapolis Colts return to practice on Wednesday. We still haven't heard from him necessarily, Dad, or really much about his situation with the Colts because, remember, it's been months now since we've talked to Jonathan Taylor or heard anything from him about this situation, and we don't know if the relationship's any different behind closed doors, but, Dad, this is no doubt an impact walking back into their building if you can get him back on the field. It's just a matter of physically, it's been a question this entire time of what and actually how much is wrong with Jonathan Taylor right now. Well, you know, and, and what's his attitude toward the Colts because he's the one that requested a trade, right? And so now all the reports, as you mentioned, and correctly so, we haven't heard from him yet, and we will, but Shane Steichen and anybody reporting about it is saying, oh, he's thrilled to be back. Well, okay, we haven't heard that from him. And last we did hear from his camp, he wanted the hell out of the cult. So what could have changed? Well, I think it's pretty obvious what could have changed. Why did Saquon Barkley agree to the one-year deal? Why did Josh Jacobs agree to the one-year deal? You, you got no leverage. You know, they weren't trading him, or if they were, they were asking for too much, and that wasn't going to happen. And he was going on the pup list, so he was going to miss the first four games anyway. He realizes that his best option is to play. You know, you, you can't pull in the NFL what you can pull in the NBA with games is doing. At least I don't believe you can to, to the extent the basketball players can do it. So I think Jonathan Taylor realizes that I need to play. Uh, to to show what my worth is, even though we all know what is, what is a hell of a running back and the running back position is, is in a dire place right now with the money they're making. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I think he realizes his best option is to get back on the field and show everybody what he could do. And by the way, I mean, everybody is two and two in that division. Yeah. Uh, and now you're matching him up with Anthony Richardson, who I've been saying all along, why didn't you do a deal with, a deal with JT to get these two young players together? So it will be interesting, A, what kind of shape he's in and when he can play and get back on the field. I'm sure he's going to want to play right away. But I, I think that's the reason that that we're hearing he's excited to come back and play. Again, we don't know if he really is. I think this was the best option for him, for him to get what he wants is either out of the Colts or a long-term deal. And the best way to, to do that, I think, is to go out and play really good football. Junior, I think he 100% saw Anthony Richardson, his potential, and was like, oh, yeah, that trade request, never mind. And you nailed it, Golik. He looked at the state of the division. Everyone's two and two, and he's like, wait, this thing is winnable? Yeah, sure, would love to come back. Yeah, I, I guess to an extent, the interpersonal part of this is going to be amazing, but the football part of it, as you mentioned, is pretty easy to see because it's not just Anthony Richardson, who at this point is sixth in the or uh, Anthony Richardson, sixth in the NFL in rushing touchdowns with six on the season so far, I believe, and also averaging over five yards a carry. Like this dude's gone out and shouldered the load. He's made some really impressive throws along the way. And as that gets more dialed in and consistent, you've also got an offense that's leaned on the run game enough. Like I looked up today. Zach Moss is fourth yep. in the NFL in yards per game right yep. now. Yep. And Zach Moss is a good, solid running back. Liked him coming out of Utah. He spent his time in Buffalo before this, but by no means a world beater. Dad, we talked about this with Devon Achan the other day about guys that factor into the running back conversation in certain ways based on where they were picked and how productive they've been and what that sends and underscores as a message about this position and late round value and all the things that we know and we've had these conversations about. But to now get into this backfield potentially with a guy that if you're Jonathan Taylor and we're trying to figure out the win for him, right? Because all those other guys you mentioned, dad, got some sort of reworked deal, got right. something added as a sweetener to the pot, even if it wasn't ultimately what we wanted. We're still kind of waiting to hear, is there anything like that in the works? Is Jonathan Taylor going to walk back with his tail between his legs and get nothing in a, in a situation that's been pretty toxic as far as the public back and forth between both sides here? That'd be pretty difficult unless you're Jonathan Taylor and you look at this and you see the opportunity because all that team stuff is great but we do know there's a personal side to this and if he comes back and says hey with the way Anthony Richardson has taken some of the heat off us which we said running backs around the league are getting a benefit from mobile quarterbacks maybe Jonathan Taylor looks and says all right you combine that with the O-line playing a little bit better although they've been a little bit banged up at the beginning of the season here maybe this can give me the kind of production that gives me a better shot at taking another crack at this after this season with a little bit of time separated from when we went through all of this pain and rigmarole to now yeah I I Listen, I, I think he's in the position like most running backs are. You mentioned Zach Moss, not not a world beater, but tenth in the league as you mentioned in rushing. He's averaging over four yards a carry, and they're all two and two in that division. We have seen other running backs who have been drafted later, not first round backs, come in and produce, and all of a sudden, not, not necessarily Wally Pip, the starter and the higher draft pick, but at least show everybody that says maybe you don't need. You know, that first rounder, but Jonathan Taylor at his best. Listen, the, the, any team would want him. But like I said, I, I think they're in that position or he's in that position. And I do think it's more about himself than about the team. Um, you know, and 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 I get it. You know, you're trying to secure your future with the best contract you can get. So 
I, I do understand that. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think the matchup is great with he and Anthony Richardson in the backfield. But to your point, I, I don't know where it's going to go from a financial standpoint. Remember, the Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley's of the world, while we can say they got more, they got more in incentives. I mean, it was really they lost their battle. Let's put oh, they, it that way. They, they, they did, but they got yeah. something out they, of it they got the way something. that we still haven't seen yeah. for Jonathan, right? And I would say of all the ones that we've talked about so far, Dad, they all certainly were public dialogues, but it felt like there was the most venom in this situation yes. yeah. because you had the owner speaking out. Like Saquon Barkley was pretty public in the way that he talked about things, pretty public in the discussion, and he was – the biggest star of them because he's in New York because right. of the way he came into the league. But Jonathan Taylor's, it felt like this one, we always talk about, you know, the business versus personal. This one felt personal in a lot of ways around that organization. So oh, that's the, the only reason yeah. I didn't bring it up. No, there's no doubt it did. And that was, that was a lot of it caused by an owner in Ursay who likes to talk, likes to tweet, likes to say things publicly. And, and I don't think there's any doubt. You know, that that it turned that relationship a bit sour. We don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes. But like I've always said, uh, there are a few things that can repair bridges. And one is if you pay a guy and he gets his money, then all of a sudden everything's hunky dory. And number two is you have to come maybe to a self-realization that I lost this battle of being uh, requesting a trade or getting a new deal. And the only way I can eventually win in this situation is not by sitting out, but by getting on the field and again, showing everything that I could do. And I'm sure there are players that scratch their head and say, why do I need to do that? I already showed you how good I am on the field. But as we know, this is a, you know, as most things are, what have you done for me lately? Well, I don't even, I, I look at it, dad, as it's not like losing a battle. It's an even more nihilist view, which is this is not a fight you can win right now. Yeah, yeah, if you're that right. player, there's very little you can do, especially if injuries factored into your early timeline at all as a running back to overcome the math and perception right now around the league. The league held steady. The owners, everyone there, I'm not suggesting collusion, but I'm suggesting a common idea that's been bought by everyone. It's a group think about that position right now. And so it's gotten them in that position that they are. So that's going to be fascinating from the interpersonal side, Dad. I am much more interested in Cooper Cup's return with Los Angeles yeah, Rams. Yeah, I agree. Like if we're looking at what the potential biggest impact is, because it's going to be an uphill battle. The Indianapolis Colts, like Emerson said, everyone's two and two. It's a dogfight in the AFC South, but I don't see that necessarily being a multiple playoff team division as we talk about a crowded AFC picture in the same way that we look at the NFC and all the sudden if you're the los angeles rams who currently sit at third in the nfc west but have a positive point differential early in the year have a win head-to-head -head against the seahawks inside that division you're a very real wild card contender going forward i'm going to firmly put the 49ers in the driver's seat yes, say they yeah. probably are going to go ahead and win that thing again but for the Rams and what they've done, Matthew Stafford has been a full participant this week, got a little bit banged up in this last game with a hip injury. But if you pair Cooper Cup, if he's healthy enough to come back, and this seemed like a lot less likely during camp when we're hearing all about the hamstring injury and potential nerve pain and all that stuff, paired that with Puka Nakua, who's on an unprecedented, unholy tear to begin his NFL career, looks like he could be the runaway offensive rookie of the year, maybe battling with C.J. Stroud. Dad, all of a sudden, this is not only a wild card team, potentially, but one that's in danger of going and being a tough out for anyone they're going to play in the postseason because you've still got a guy like Matthew Stafford at the helm who's got that meaningful playoff experience who knows how to handle that. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I would. Do you think uh, Puka is going to go to Sean McVay and say, "Hey, this Cooper Cup dude isn't going to take catches away from me, is he?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Are we, what are we thinking <laughs> about here? This old man doing? with a yeah. banged up hamstring yeah, come yeah, back I, and stop the Puka. Man. I'm the man here, right? But oh, I, I completely agree with you. This is the this is the guy coming back because this team has surprised us. We didn't think the Rams were going to be this team this young and all the moves that they had to make, but. Here they are, and I agree, not winning the division, but certainly could be in that wild card race. And for Cooper Cup, we know his routes. They like the longer routes. You have to see what you know the, the building up to full speed to get that. As you mentioned, the reports are that it wasn't as serious a long term thought process with this hammy uh, as believed. But you still got to keep an eye on it, man. I mean, you just you got to pull up one time and you're out for another few weeks. That's the problem, especially with a wide receiver and a hamstring. But getting him back, because it still blows my mind, guys like him and Justin Jefferson, who you know are getting the ball, uh, yet they still get the ball. So what a tandem between he and Puka. Throw Tutu Atwell in there. He's a second-leading receiver on the Rams right now. And it's uh, it's a, it's and, and Kyron Williams getting the, getting the play in the backfield now, averaging under four yards to carry, but got five touchdowns. He's been that guy by the goal line early on. But him getting a chance out there. So these young players stepping up to really help out the older players in Stafford and now Cooper Cup considered an older player compared to those guys uh, to, to come back and help this team. Yeah, I, I give everyone in the Rams brass a lot of credit because we hear a lot of complaining about quarterback, veteran quarterback contracts and what they do to a roster and what you're forced to do. The Rams, it wasn't just that they, you know, mortgaged a bunch of picks right. and brought Matthew Stafford over. They mortgaged a bunch of picks for Jalen Ramsey, for everybody else. They burned the boats on this yep. thing and they were forced. There was only one way the Rams were going to get out of this and that was by hitting in the draft on their non-first round picks and building up and getting guys ready to play early and between what we've seen early in the season from Steve Avila on their offensive line, Atwell, who's a second or third year player puka coming in as a first year player and the guys on defense byron young some of the other players that have stepped up there the rams have done it and now look yep. like a really competitive football team going towards the rest of the season and, and i'm not gonna overvalue what cooper cup is gonna come back and be right away right like Sean McVay and everybody, they're towing the company line. They're taking this slow. They're letting him ramp back up to it. And hopefully you can't put all that back on his plate early, especially coming off that kind of injury. But, Dad, any version of Cooper Cup paired with what we've got right now seems like an offense that can continue to go out there and be a bit of a shredder on its best day. Yeah, no, listen, I, I agree. Uh, tough, tough to form this next game playing uh, the Eagles. Then they had the Cardinals, the Steelers, and then the Cowboys. So, you mentioned two and two in that division. Let's see what if nothing else, you you know, and and, and the opponent's gonna want to find out where Cooper Cup is. But if he's anywhere near to what he could be, I mean, just that threat and how it's gonna help the other receivers as well because of the the personnel you have to put on Cooper Cup. So this is a, a big coup for them in what I would have to say, and I don't know if you agree, the most probably the most surprising team. I mean, they're two and two. It's not like they're four and oh. But still, the way they're playing, to me, they're one of the more, if not the most surprising team this year to the good. 
Yeah, I think we can put a pin in that surprise teams in the NFL for this season and maybe get to that coming up here because I think there's one very clear choice in that category that you've heard us talk about a lot on this show. But Emerson, we'd be remiss if we're talking about injuries and acquisitions if we didn't mention the foremost money laundering oh. scheme that is huh. the New England Patriots uh, pump yeah. and dump scam that they run with veteran players as J.C. Jackson now heading back home. Yeah, that's right. So J.C. Jackson's going to get a fresh start in a familiar place here, Junior. And it was a necessary move because the Patriots are going to be without rookie corner Christian Gonzalez for the rest of the season. He suffered a torn labrum during Sunday's loss to the Cowboys here. But J.C. Jackson uh, headed back to New England. The two teams, the Chargers and the Pats, are going to be swapping late-round draft picks in 2025. No one is better with late-round draft picks than Bill Belichick, Junior. Well, and I mean, they get him for the chief. They yes. rework the rest of his salary, so they're only paying yeah. about one and a half billion exactly. dollars yeah. for a player dad who's struggled mightily. But this is what the Patriots do, right? Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, Trent Brown—they're not new to this. They're true to this. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, lose a guy in a trade or in free agency and bring him back uh, at less. Jackson just signed a five-year, eighty-two and a half million dollar deal last offseason. Last offseason, yeah. I mean, these big deals where these guys, we can get into Randy Gregory at some point in Denver, signed the big deal, and, and these players are gone or have moved on or have been released or traded. It, it's amazing, but Bill yeah. doing Bill things. Un undrafted, undrafted guy, so good for him. Love to see him get to that money. But coming up next, speaking of getting to that money, let's hear about the entrance of the finesse god in the NBA next. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. This is going to be awesome. Daryl Morey is a liar. And I will never be a part of an organization that pays James Harden has not showed up to training camp and media day for the Philadelphia Sixers. When you blast the GM the way you blasted him, that would seem you would uh, get your way and get out. Right now, he's not. He is that squeaky wheel. He's wiggled himself out of a lot of situations, and you don't get infinite wiggles. He called Daryl Morey a liar and claimed he would never be a part of an organization that he is still a part of right now. So yesterday, Harden, I guess, gentlemen, ends up being the one who ultimately proved to be untruthful. He reported the 76ers training camp in Colorado taking part in his first practice of the season 
for Maury 76ers. And by all accounts, listen to this, Harden was perfectly professional. Huh? Yeah. Not necessarily what I would have expected no? their dad. And this is something that I just, I have no read on what to even predict or begin to predict in this scenario with James Harden, other than what we've seen before. But man, to hear him back in the building now after all that, you just feel like we're sitting on a ticking time bomb. Like this is a sleeper agent that's now inside the building. It, there's no handbook for this for the rest of the team, for the people in the organization, let alone to handle what might be an icy interaction if him and Daryl Morey ever cross paths in the middle of all this. If he's around training camp, which you'd expect maybe the yes. GM might be yeah. at some point. Although I'd wonder if there's like an unspoken, hey, we're just going to need you to stay away uh, in the early going here while James is around because everyone's walking around on eggshells. Like what a toxic environment to try and begin your season. And for a team, oh, by the way, that's the one team in the Eastern Conference, maybe out side of the Miami Heat that's looking around watching all of their chief competition and rivals get demonstrably better because of the Damian Lillard trade and trying to navigate this while they also try and figure out how to beat that. Nick Nurse probably misses Toronto right now as he's the new coach in Philadelphia <laughs> yeah, oh, on, on, a, on a bucking Bronco trying to answer these questions. I mean, I, I love some of his answers. He said he talked to Harden just a little bit before practice that he was professional, blah, blah, that whole thing. But they have a first preseason game in, uh, against the Celtics on Sunday and asked about his availability. I love Nurse's answer about him being there. I think so. He's here. He knows the schedule. We expect him to be here. I think we can wait and see where things go from here. But every indication is that he's here now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Nick Nurse right. has to just be like, what, this is what I got to deal with. And you're right about Daryl Morey. What do you do in that situation? Do you flex and say, I'm the GM. I'm going to go wherever I want. I don't care if it's uncomfortable. It's not my fault. I wasn't called a liar, you know, publicly. This guy did it. I have no idea. We didn't hear if he was there. Maybe he is staying away. All I know is they had a cool moment there. They had a dinner there, and Deion Sanders spoke uh, at the dinner and, and hung out with the players for a while. That, that had to be kind of a, kind of a cool thing for them. I, I want to ask you about that, Dad, actually, because I saw an interesting reaction to that from J.J. Redick, our colleague here at DraftKings, host of Old Man and the Three. He tweeted this yesterday about that. I grew up in the NBA. The teams I was on, we had plenty of motivational speakers. Some of them I really took a lot from and a few are impactful for our team. None of those talks were recorded and then posted to social media. What are we doing now? The, is the locker room not sacred anymore? This is the most old man on a porch yeah. I've ever heard yeah. from J.J. Redick at this point because I'm pretty sure this video came out from Deion Sanders' camp yeah. that's filming everything, everything at this point. It's a giant content factory. And and I agree with JJ on a lot of other places on yes, this, right? Yeah, we yeah. see guys in the locker room after games that'll go on like Instagram live or Facebook live while the coach is addressing the team. That's always the one that nerves me out a little bit. I mean, hell, we saw the reaction from Dan Lanning in a video yeah. that he knew was being shot in the pregame locker room going into that Oregon Colorado game, let alone a coach who's addressing his team, usually fired up after a game. I always worry a little bit about what's getting said there. Right, that right. to me did seem like harmless PR for what was clearly PR for everyone. You got Dion Sanders coming right now, one of the hottest names in yeah. the world of sports at the moment, coming and hanging out with the team, and also a guy who's just infinitely cool, who any of those guys would want to hang out with anyway. Well, that's exactly right. So I, I'm with you. I agree with JJ on a lot of things. This one, not so much. I mean, we've we've seen other video of speakers coming in and talking to teams, whether it's college or pros. We've we've seen that happen before. I don't I don't think that's a 
a sacred thing that should be just be in the locker room. This is at a at a team dinner. So I, I and yeah, I, I think we're in it. We're obviously in a different time right now. And Dion is the hot name right now. And everybody knew that was being filmed. So I, I had absolutely zero issue. I didn't read any more into it. Then they all got to hang out with Dion for a while. So I thought that was pretty cool, you know, for, for that moment. They have a lot bigger issues than having to worry about that being a public thing. But I thought I thought that was cool. But where this Harden thing goes, man, I, I have no idea. Uh, again, the, the, the power of the players, what will Harden do to try and get out of there? Is he just going to play nice and hope he gets traded? Or is he going to start to become that squeaky wheel? Yeah, Junior, I was going to ask you, for the time being, cooperating is it in Harden's best interest here? Like, if he comes in causing more problems for yet another team after already forcing his way out of the likes of Houston and Brooklyn, that could potentially scare other interested parties away, yes? I mean, everything about James Harden walking into this, James Harden's like a poisonous frog walking into the woods. You know those colors usually mean something dangerous is about to happen True. to you. How can you can look at James Harden's recent history and go, oh yeah, this bad thing won't happen to me is beyond me at this point. So uh, it, as far as what's in James Harden's best interest at this point, like I understand that going all the way back to the root of this, why James Harden is actually upset, right? When you look at, the circumstances, him opting back into the agreement this year instead of oh, going and flexing his player option to get to free agency because of what they thought the team was going to do for him and then what didn't come to fruition. But handling it like this on the back end, to Emerson's point, always going to feel like a net negative because we talked about it the other day. You only get so many wiggles in this league for a player who is only getting older and whose skill set is only going to start to erode more and more as time goes on. Yeah, and the players, you know, uh, Tobias Harris said, we're all grown men here. Everybody understands the business of the game of basketball at this point. Personally, he doesn't have to address myself or anybody around here. He said, but his participation, in my opinion, is addressing that. He's here, and his attitude and energy today allowed everybody to understand that he wants to go out here and compete with us and get stuff done. So that's what the – you're coming from a player. We'll see because that's what can – and, and – and he's right about, and that's true in all sports, you never mess with another man's money. And in this case, it's not money or where he wants to play. It's a personal decision, but it can affect the team. If you're preparing this year with James Harden to be on the team and all of a sudden he's gone and gets traded, your team dynamics change. You know, so they, and I'm sure they all in the back of their minds, probably in the front of their minds, understand that that's a, that's a likely possibility and to be ready to go without him. But you kind of, as the preseason rolls on, depending if he stays there and he's involved in playing, and then you're getting used to him playing. Now, I know he was there last year, but you're used to that groove, and then that ends, you got to deal without it. it. It it puts the players in an interesting situation, but players will never really say anything again because it's somebody else's uh, world. It's somebody else's business. It's a business decision, and you just kind of let players do that. I mean, for those guys, it would just be about, hey, what kind of team are we going to be on the other side yeah, of this yes. either way, especially yep. if they're able to move Harden? Because the one thing we always talked about, Dad, was that's a move for the 76ers when it came to the proce- uh, the thought process of, do you pay James Harden the money that he wants again? Because you've got no other choices right now. And you want to talk about really being backed into a corner in the current Eastern Conference. On DraftKings Sportsbook, they're tied with the Clippers at plus 1,800 for I guess what would be the seventh best odds to win the championship this season with Boston and Milwaukee sitting tied for first plus 400 right now. Everyone kind of looks 
at the upper crust of that conference, and you look and say, all right, in the Milwaukee Bucks case, we think they got better adding Damian right. Lillard, who at this point still feels like a better player offensively than Drew Holiday in a lot of ways. But for the Boston Celtics, you could argue, listen, you lost Marcus Smart, who was a great two-way player for you, but you're getting in Drew Holiday, I think a more competent offensive player overall, well-rounded in skill set, and one who could still go out there and check the other team's best player in the backcourt on any given night. So both those teams found a way to get better, while the 76ers right now feel like they're going to get worse no matter what. And even with Harden, remember last year, he played big in some games, but disappeared in others, just wasn't consistent in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. Coming up next, let's take a look and find out where the rubber's going to meet the road as the Bears take on the Commanders Thursday Night Football. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Buckle up for Thursday night football. Yeah, the Bears have been as putrid as their 0-4 record indicates. You're looking at the injury reports for tonight. The Washington Commanders, mostly healthy, baby. That's right, it's Thursday. You know what that means. Kick off your NFL weekend with Thursday night football on Prime. It is on, Junior. Not quite sure what your expectations are for tonight, but something needs to be done in Chicago if the Bears want to turn things around. Some say head coach could be fired and out of town if they embarrass themselves once again like they did last week in that 21-point coughing up of the lead yeah outside of the giants right now the chicago bears own the worst point differential in the nfl you're coming off a game day where you did have a little bit of yeah. hope did come through in the form of justin fields and what he did offensively we talked with ryan fitzpatrick about that yesterday and how much of that do you think they're able to build on in this game because we know the offense has certainly been an issue, but defensively, it's not like you've been a great team either. We talked about this is the most sacked team in football in the Washington Commanders going up against the team that sacks the quarterback the least in the Chicago Bears that have two, count them two, on the season so far. I, I Because it's a primetime game, Dad, what Emerson said I think holds a little bit more weight as far as how this might be perceived because – there's one thing to get embarrassed in the one o'clock window and get talked about the next day, but you're in this gaggle of games. When you're just standing alone there, naked in front of the congregation, it's going to be really hard to hide from the discourse all day Friday if this team goes out and looks listless on a Thursday night football matchup against a Washington team. But still, really good defensively up front has given people problems there with that group, especially in the middle of the D-line. And Sam Howell, while he's thrown, I believe, more interceptions than touchdowns at yeah. this point, has still put together stretches of really compelling football in an offense that seems like it's benefiting from Eric Bieniemy's presence. So I don't think that's all that far-fetched at this point for the Chicago Bears. 
even though Matt Eberflus seems like the most least of, I mean, he's in the Zach Taylor mode of coach where I would have a hard time picking him out of a lineup at this point, even though we've been talking about his team so much for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's not a reach to say that the Washington's a better team than Chicago, but it's not a reach to say Chicago could win this game. I mean, that's where these two teams are. Both they're both teams offensively are horrible. You mentioned defensively. I mean, that Chicago defense, two sacks, two interceptions, and zero fumble recoveries on the year. I mean, so there's a lot of problems going on with the Chicago Bears, but a lot of times it focuses in on the quarterback if the quarterback's not playing well and also a head coach in this situation where they've had a lot of distraction, especially off the field with their D coordinator being gone. Again, another player in Chase Claypool being told stay away. I mean, when you're told to stay away – from your facility, that that is just bad. They got you got a safety and a cornerback that are out tonight as well uh, because of injury. So it it's looking bad for them, and it's just a matter of how bad everything gets before you blow something up. But you did see some some positive steps by the offense last week. Again, they were playing a Denver team that had given up a seventy spot to Miami the week before. So I don't know how much you can gauge it, but all you can do is gauge it in the game you play. So do they have the ability in this game? Yes, offensively to do something, but their defense needs to step up. As we mentioned, Howell's the most sacked quarterback in the league. You have two on defense. Something's got to give, right? Either you get some pressure on the guy or the Washington O-line look like a bunch of all pros holding out a team with only two sacks. So uh, it, it's kind of a flip of the coin on what direction this game's going to go. Junior, in its 100-year history, though, in the NFL, the Bears have never fired a head coach in the middle of the season. Hey, Bears currently own the number one and two pick in next year's draft, so perhaps there's a method to why they are losing at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's the the part of this that we're going to wonder as we, you know, talked about Randy Gregory and the Cowboys, or the, excuse me, the Denver Broncos releasing him. Like, you do wonder if some of these teams are going to start to strategically look around and go, all right, well, things could be a lot worse it's just still going to be the matter of with that kind of capital on board. I know Ryan Poles is ultimately going to be the one making the decision, but Matt Eberflus is going to be involved in the conversation. And more importantly, he's going to be involved in bringing whatever young picks they bring in from those spots into this organization and coaching them up early, Dad. And that's the most concerning part is the early returns on this. We haven't seen any indication that with all the hope and promise, I mean, the Bears have to be – I mean, to this point of the season, they've got to be the most disappointing team in football, right? From what the expectations were going into the year, I remember seeing Dan Orlovsky get skewered online for, I think, being misquoted a bit, but basically saying Justin Fields could be in the MVP conversation based on what we saw at the end of last season, his ability as a rusher, the fact that they brought DJ Moore in there, Khalil Herbert looks really good, has looked really good, and in the preseason, we saw some of the flashes of, hey, gaudy numbers, not because Justin Fields had gone above and beyond, but because those passing weapons and because the other weapons on offense had displayed some big playability. We at least seen signs that, oh, okay, they understand what they've got here under the hood, and it still hasn't borne a lot of fruit early on in the season here. And most importantly, we talked about the failings defensively. That's what Matt Eberflus came over here as his side of the ball. And we always said the one-way ticket out of town for most coaches is, and we're seeing this with Brandon Staley at the Chargers right now, if you're supposed to be offensive head coach and your offense stinks or a defensive head coach and your defense can't do the thing you were coached to do, that's usually an easy spot to people look and go, all right, well, what exactly are we doing here? Yeah, no, I, listen, I agree with you. And as far as the most disappointing teams, I think you have to look at three for different reasons, right? The Cincinnati Bengals, 
Very disappointing mm, yeah. considering where everybody thought I had him in the Super Bowl. But you still say, man, there's too much potential and they're, they're too potent to be kept down like this. So you expect there to be a turnaround. Another one, I think the second of the, of the three is the Giants. Playoffs last yeah. year and looking nothing like that. A complete, you know, 180. And it, it doesn't look like, you know, they're going to be able to find their way out of the hole, though, though you do have the thought you'll get Saquon Barkley back at some point. Can you make this a palatable season or not? And then the Bears. Yeah, everybody thought it was going to be a bit of a turnaround season for them. I certainly did. I was in the camp of keeping Justin Fields. And, and I'll continue to say, well, there, there, when you're this bad, there's a whole lot of problems. A whole lot of problems. But we always talk about the quarterback being the most important position. So they get sometimes too much uh, praise, sometimes too much blame. That old, you know, cliche saying, yada, yada. You hear it all the time. Uh, there's, there's tons of problems on this team. And the issue is going to be is like in New York, if they – if they don't play well and doesn't look, if they can't turn around, Brian Dayball is not going anywhere, right? No. I mean, Brian Dayball is going to be the coach of that team. I don't think there's any, any question at all about that. But in Chicago, I mean, it's just one big question after another. You know, we're all, we're already 0-4. We don't look good now. Could we start to turn this thing around? Nobody walking through that door as they say, this is our team. This team has to get better. Can you tinker during the season, have a different guy call plays? Do you go all the way to get rid of your head coach, you know, and make that kind of change? They're the team in most flux of these three teams we're talking about, Cincinnati, the Giants, and Chicago, about we thought they were on the rise a little bit here. Now we may have to have a complete reset. And if we do, when is the reset? Is it six games in? Is it 10 games in? Or as Emerson said, they've never fired a coach during the season. Do they let it ride for the season and wait till after the season and then do a complete reset? I mean, hell, I guess if we're really going to round this out, the Broncos probably are also have to be involved in that, right? Like, I don't know maybe if the expectations were super high, but Sean Payton came into the season blistering hot with his criticism of the prior mm -hmm. staff. You had him basically saying that same interview, by the way, if we're not a playoff team this year, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. That was the expectation that he set himself, which what else is he going to say exactly. with that kind yeah. of bravado and this thought that, oh, Sean Payton came out of retirement for this job and was going to resurrect this quarterback and do all these things for them to have the only win of the season be against this hapless Bears team that we're talking about. Not exactly a ringing endorsement of a team where Russell Wilson hasn't been the problem. It's been literally everything else, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, listen, I agree, but but they're a team that stunk last year, and I thought this year would stink maybe a little less. You're right. Sean Payton, what is he going to say? He's going to say exactly what he had to say, and that's, if we don't make the playoffs, I'll be disappointed. I don't think that any one of us thought that Denver was going to be in the playoff hunt, though you never know. There are surprises, but I just thought they would stink less. I looked at Chicago as young team going in the right direction. Cincinnati, I had him going to the Super Bowl. Giants, you're building off the playoff team from a year ago. So I thought though, that's why I put them as really the major disappointments. For Denver, it was kind of, can you be? You should be able to be better than what you were last yeah, year. Do so how much better we'll see. We will see. All right, you know what? Coming up next, if we're doing the biggest disappointment teams, let's do the biggest surprise teams in the NFL. And two words for you guys that we have to get to the bottom of. Diaper jerseys. That's next here on Gojo and Goldish. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Reminder, coming up in the next hour, we got Carlos Boozer stopping by with us. We've got mailbag questions from you at Gojo and Golik on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, drop the questions in the comments. If you got them, we'll get to as many of those as we can in hashtag Grill Goliks coming up here in the next hour. Dad, I want to get to, we talked about the most disappointing team in the NFL season so far. I want to get to the biggest surprise team we've seen through the first four games, ostensibly the first quarter of the season but it's very rare at this point I stumble on something from your playing career that I didn't know about at this juncture like most of the stuff we throw to I've heard the story told somewhere a lot of people have heard it from the Mike and Mike days here this is one I can't remember ever hearing about I don't remember how we got oh we I can I can draw the through line of how we got to the subject before the show because we were talking about fines being handed out the ridiculous notion that Jamal Adams might face discipline from the league for berating the the uh, unaffiliated neurologist on the sideline after he was concussed by Daniel Jones in that game because he was concussed. Like, I, if the NFL yeah. does that, it's ridiculous. They should be ashamed of themselves. A guy who is acting out because he just got banged in the head with your reputation in the league for concussions and the way you've dealt with them would be an insane PR blunder, the likes of which we haven't seen. I guess I shouldn't say that. We've seen plenty of yeah, them. Yeah, we've seen but, plenty. Yeah, yeah. But that got to the time you got fined <laughs> for an apparel violation in the NFL. And then you decided to tell us something I've never heard before, that apparently they tried to essentially send you guys out there in onesies for a little while yeah yeah they did uh they had buttons at the crotch basically that you would button yes. your jersey yeah and so that they would stay tucked in that was that was the way uh for the league again they wanted your socks pulled to the same to the right height and and they wanted your jersey to not be untucked so which obviously is not the case today so yeah it, it tied at the crotch so your jersey would stay tucked in so uh, I and it, it most of the time we never button those things. I was going to say they were sending yeah. you out there in like a bodysuit. Yeah, yeah, you get a little you know tug and grab yeah. there. You weren't really excited about, but I did get fined in Miami for having my shirt untucked. My shirt was my jersey was untucked, and the ref told me to tuck it in, and and I didn't. And he told me to tuck it in, and I didn't. And then another time he told me to tuck it in, and I told him if he wanted it to tucked in so bad he could. F and tuck it in himself. Uh, you know, it wasn't the smartest thing in the world to say. Um, so I got a fine. I think it was three or $4,000, something like that. But still, you know, I'm a guy not making a, a ton of money. You know, your mother was pretty mad at me for, for losing wow. some money. So for my way to appeal it, right, because that's what you want to do as a player, you don't want to pay the full fine. So in my way to appeal it, I said it was the jersey. 
the jersey was was cut wrong or whatever, oh. you know, and the jersey, you know, was all it was the jersey, the jersey, the jersey. Don't don't find me all this money. I'm making crap up to not get fined as much. Well, there's a domino effect. The the equipment manager, Bobby Monica, who was a great guy, loved that man in Philadelphia. And I came in as a nine-year vet. So I got along with him. So every morning I'd go in there, we'd have a cup of coffee, he'd have some treats in there. And I had, you know, full carte blanche in there to come and go and chat with him and sit and hang out. After I did that, Mike, I, I went to practice one day and I went by the equipment room. My picture was on the door with a line through it saying I was not welcome to come. And I realized, man, in my effort to not get fined in, in complete. And by the way, I was completely lying about the jersey being it was the right. jersey's fault. It was my fault. Wow. I didn't realize the, the consequences of it from my buddy at that point who then was mad at me. And I had to do a whole lot of, you know, butt kissing there to get back in his good graces. But yeah. Yeah, carte blanche in there, and all of a sudden my picture is on it with a line through it saying I'm not not allowed in that room anymore. What a horrific teammate. Talk about someone you don't want oh, yeah. in the foxhole oh, yeah. with you. The minute the going hey. got tough, you got the hell out of there and hey. threw him right under the bus. Here's the thing. If I had to choose, uh, and it was the, the mistake of what it cost me there, but the wrath of your mother and the wrath of the equipment <laughs> manager, I chose the wrath of the equipment manager, okay? Because I don't have to live with him. I had to live with, with your mom, who was uh, who was mad at me for losing that kind of money. I was going to say, I guess both of them technically control your wardrobe. I mean, it's exactly, yeah, it's exactly right. Having his Coles outfits picked by his wife. It's, yeah, guys, was my father, who has literally everything he's ever worn picked out by my mom. In the fashion world, this is known as a snap crotch bodysuit. Okay. Yeah. There are uh, plenty of these in my household. Oh. My wife loves to wear these things. And I must show you this. Look what I just found. A men's leotard bodysuit, Billy. Slim fit button down shirts with a snap crotch and it's briefs nightwear. So really above the waist, it looks like you're just wearing a golf polo here. <laughs> but no, snap crotch <laughs> right down there at the bottom. All right. Yeah. Well, again, so it won't come $18 on, on eBay. Yeah. That's incredible. That's what they wanted. They didn't want our jerseys to come untucked. There was no way I was buttoning that. There was no chance that that was happening. <laughs> I was not buttoning that thing in the crotch. No. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I, bud. In a world where I thought Dan Orlovsky era Yukon Huskies wearing Aeropostale jerseys was like the most significant fashion moment of our lifetime, I feel like we have completely erased this portion of NFL's history. We do so much with the jersey tech and all the different technology around there. The fact that at one point that I would have paid so, I mean, the hilarious visual of a bunch of grown men in the world's foremost combat sport having to go around and potentially snap under the crotch walking around like a bunch of babies <laughs> in daycare before they're about to go out there and harm each other is one of the fun Dude, funnier visuals on earth. I just um, see the boys sitting around on Sunday on the couch mashing beers and guac and wings and we're all just wearing snap crotch bodysuits. Hey, yeah. listen, yeah. as a guy no. that bought in on the uh, romp him craze and had a couple <laughs> yeah. of those in the holster, I'm not above it. Not above it. So we will see uh, if anyone else can pull that out of the repertoire there. <laughs> Dad, let's uh, try and pull this segment out of the yeah, gutter here. <laughs> um, the most surprising team, the NFL, through four weeks. I think it's a pretty easy answer, Dad. And maybe this is just because I'm drunk on the vibe, similar to the way it was with the Detroit Lions. But we didn't even do this with Hard Knocks with this team. The Houston Texans, to me. Yeah. 
storming out of the gate the way that they have. I was one line off of my early season prediction of Bryce Young being a guy to go out and maybe challenge Cam Newton's single season passing record or at least join the 4,000-yard club for a rookie quarterback. C.J. Stroud appears to be that dude. And when you've combined him with an offense that, oh, by the way, is going to get Tyus Howard um, and their tackle situation um, figured out here pretty soon, and offensively, I mean, you just look around the effect all across that team defensively, what they've done under Nico Ryan's offensively. You could see that wide receiver room is young blocks. Well, Nico Collins and tank Dell have yeah. been great, but the Robert Woods effect of a group of wide receivers that are gritting it out, going out here and blocking down on pin and pull runs, working hard in that overall, this has been a team that, like we said, not in the AFC South, that's two and two and has all these things to play for looks like as live a dog as any and dead. If we're going to predict things that we buy, because I understand the first quarter can sometimes be an incomplete sample size. We've seen plenty of players and teams nosedive after this. I don't know if I see that for the Texans at this point. One, because of the division they play in, but two, because none of it's been like fluky. Like Bobby Slowick has done a phenomenal job as the offensive coordinator for this team, and it seems to be sustainable. None of this has been flash in the pan stuff. I think the one of the biggest things you're getting out of it, and by the way, they play the the Falcons this week, and you could have your your top two offensive rookie of the year candidates in CJ Stroud and Bijan Robinson. And, and I think we thought that about Robinson going into it, and we weren't sure which rookie quarterback would make that step up. And it's been CJ Stroud, a guy who, you know, still at the in a, in a division as we talked about where everybody's two and two, but the NFC South for the Falcons kind of the same way of what's going on there, save for Carolina. But you have a guy in C.J. Stroud, a rookie who hasn't thrown any interceptions yet, six touchdowns, a mixture of young and old on that team, especially the mixing in of a young coach who the players love. I think one of the most important things you're getting out of this, Mike, and again, it's the quarter poll, I get it, so we have a little bit of time yet, but it's a team where, because rookie quarterbacks, you have to wait and see. Where's the swing and the hit? Where's the swing and a miss? And we've seen swings and misses, especially with a team like the Jets, really with their last two between Darnold and uh, Zach Wilson. But right now, I think everybody in that locker room thinks we have our guy. Four games in, probably three games in or less, they thought, we have our guy, now let's build. It's been incredible to watch to feel good about that team overall for the first time in a while has been an absolute joy at gojo and golik on twitter if you've got a team that's been a bigger surprise so far than the texans coming up next though why i've never been more sure that kirby smart is ready to take over at the head of college football